This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hey, I'm Ian and I'm on the Big Scuba Podcast. I'm here with Ian and Gemma and enjoy. We're about to talk about some wreck diving and some great um, Southern Outer Banks, Graveyard of the Atlantic, North Carolina diving. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. This is episode 74. Thank you for downloading this episode. Uh, my name is Ian, and with me on the, uh, the Zoom is Gemma. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Once I get my words out. Uh, <laughs> nothing new, just the usual start to the podcast. Just catching up. Just catching up, yes. Anyway, I'm inflicted here. I'm suffering with pollen today. <laughs> That's my excuse. Um, so welcome, and uh, if you haven't uh, downloaded the big scuba podcast before we want to say hello and thank you uh, to you as well and um we are what are we we're a couple of divers who enjoy getting under the water and uh seeing what's about and just enjoy diving and talking yeah. about it don't we it's talking about the underwater world and on the water world and talking to people that are connected to the water world whether it be a river or ocean yeah and you live on the east coast, don't you? Right by the sea. Right by the sea, yes. In Lowestoft. And uh, I live in Bungie. On the river. Just, just inland a little bit. So uh, we are both in the UK. I've been diving for about four or five years now. And um, done about 250 dives and a dive master. Yep, yep. Jim, I am. <laughs> a very new diver, a baby diver. I've done 20 dives and I qualified last July, but obviously I've been a bit restricted about how many dives I can do because of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But we don't always talk just about diving, do we? You know, because we like getting out uh, kayaking, uh, we like to paddleboard and generally, you know, get out there and see what's about. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot, obviously, we're surrounded by. A wild coast in the UK, so there's lots to talk about with yeah. the UK world and further afield as well. Yeah, uh, but a lot of our guests who we do have on are scuba divers, free divers, and ex- kind of explorers, really, yeah. aren't they? Explorers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we've had astronauts, people who've been to the bottom part of the world in the Challenger Deep. Um, recently, uh, we've had Emily from uh, Scapa Flow talking about the Orkney Islands, and we've had people from different parts of the world who have explored the polar ice caps and so on. And on this episode, for our uh, American friends as well, we've got someone who uh, was born in California we? and uh, now dives off the, the other side on the, the east coast. coast. Yeah. Yeah, on North Carolina side of things. So, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, how are you feeling anyway? Because a bit of a tiring old day today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 30th of May today, Sunday, and we did a hero what? Yeah. So it was so, Murph. So one of the things that we do quite a bit 
is uh, try and keep fit. I mean, it's all part hashtag diver fitness. And, you know, we uh, enjoy CrossFit. We've got a, reg- we've got a, a local CrossFit uh, box, as they like to be called, in Great Yarmouth. Hello to you guys. And today, in prep for US Memorial Day, which is tomorrow, um, we, uh, we, we did a, a wad, which was in honour of Michael Murphy. Yep, yep. So he's a US uh, Navy SEAL. Um, he died in action in 2005 in Afghanistan. So this is a wad that he did to maintain his fitness. So yeah. it's something that is done across the world in all the CrossFit boxes on or near to Memorial Day, which is the 31st of May. Yeah. So uh, if you listen to this in the States, happy Memorial Day. And, yeah. uh, you know, our thoughts are with you all who are in this, currently in the services or vets as well yeah yeah so yeah so we did our part today and we did the murph which was a one mile run yeah 100 pull-ups or sit-ups 200 push-ups and 300 air squats finished off with another mile run just just to top it all (laughs) what what was your time 53 minutes something just pit (laughs) I was on 55.40. You did amazingly well. Well, I think everybody done really well. And, um, you know, it was a good atmosphere, buzzy atmosphere, and uh, as there always is, you know, with CrossFit. And, um, yeah, really good. Good good fun. Uh, Well, it was was fun afterwards. Fun afterwards. And I personally wasn't going to do it until I got kind of convinced I should give it a go earlier in the week. And I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, yeah it is. It is a chat. And it's one of them workouts that, um, you know, a lot of people do do. It's a very uh, f- famous uh, workout. And it's, mm. it's been done by some of the big stars out there in the CrossFit world. And uh, it's something you can do and measure yourself against, you know, when you do it in maybe three six months time to see if you improve your fitness yeah and it's something you can do at home if you know you don't need a pull-up bar you can do sit-ups or rows or you do dumbbell but it's something you can do you don't need any equipment at all no you don't no so no any listeners if you did the murph let us know how you got on yeah that'd be brilliant that'd be really good and uh tag us in if you can that'd be good that'd be great and we'll try and actually um you know that'd be good because we, we've had a few people come on haven't we who are into their fitness and uh and cross and, it. Yeah. um you know that'd be really good and tom from o3 he's a he's a uh um a cross a fan of the he's not shy of the wad so uh that's perhaps tom can let us know if he does it that'd be good yeah. and how he got on <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. And Jeff as well he's another yeah, so hopefully he's got and down and done it. And we did mention this before, but for the people who haven't uh, downloaded that previous episode, uh, since I've been uh, going to CrossFit regularly, how much my air consumption has improved? Mm. No, no end. Yeah, yeah, I definitely a lot of difference. Yeah, and for me, a normal gym goer who's now doing more CrossFit is definitely a big benefit. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, fitness, it all pays. And um, 
I know uh, another friend of the podcast, Tech Clark, often talks about fitness and um, on his podcast and uh, in his social media. Yeah. Yeah. And to anybody that's thinking about going to CrossFit, who's a bit like concerned that they're all fit and they're all scary, they're not. So step outside and give it a go because you'll definitely be made to feel welcome. Yeah, even the sort of like the more elderly people uh, go to CrossFit sometimes. Don't they? More mature people. Yes, is that the correct way of putting it? I know I'll probably get that wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's that really. So um, let's talk about Ian Travis, who's our guest. Uh, we better get him on. Now, uh, Ian Travis, he, as we said, we he was born in California. Mm-hmm moved across the states all the way to the other end of the the other side of the country and now lives in North Carolina. Yep, yep. So he is on the, it's called the Graveyard of the Atlantic or the Outer Banks. So very um, fortunate to have lots of wrecks. Yeah, it's a place where uh, wartime, uh, the U-boats were laying in wait often in their wolf packs and um, there's quite a lot of wrecks all the way along that coast and um, sadly and also there's you know from other reasons and causes as well but that whole area is full of wrecks and actually inland as well mm. yeah yeah because he, he does speak about looking at wrecks that are quite close to land and the ones that are further out and they've got yeah. the benefit of the gulf stream as well yeah, and actually Blackbeard, the, the pirate, his wreck is there as well. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, so there's a lot of history. Yeah, so if you're a real history buff, yeah, look it up. and. Yeah, there's a U-boat. He talks about the U-boat um, and, uh, you know, two or three. There's a, uh, he talks also about one of the uh, ex-US Navy boat. I can't remember what it was now which was uh, cleaned up and everything and then sunk to, to form an artificial reef. Yes. Sunk, sunk on purpose. And, um, you know, he, he talks about that. I think, you know, it's one of his d- favourite dives. So, you know, there's some really great stuff for people who are thinking about holidaying in North, you know, in North Carolina. Exactly. And, um, you know, why should go there and go and explore the sites? Yeah, and he yeah, he talks about wildlife as well. So there's a yeah, it's a good varied podcast. It certainly is. So um, I think that's kind of us covered everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. So let's give Ian Travis a um, listen. Yeah. Okay. I sit back and do that. Okay. Um, thank you for joining us. We're online. We've got. Uh, Ian Travis all the way in North Carolina and we've got Gemma all the way in Pakefield and myself Ian in Bungie and uh, so Ian Travis welcome to the Big Scoop podcast it's great uh, that you've come and joined us this afternoon to talk about your diving and talk about your the you know the great thing it is to dive and scuba dive you know and uh, we particularly want to hear about your wrecks that you like to dive and um We've got a few things to go through and uh, anything else that you've got to discuss. So yes, uh, um, tell us all about your diving and how you got into it. Well, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here and I appreciate it, Ian, and good name. Um, 
I uh, love it out here. I am presently in North Carolina and um, been out here for about five, six years now and um, really, really enjoy the diving out here. I am um, originally from Southern California, which is the opposite side of the country. So we share uh, the Atlantic and I come from the Pacific side, or I mean, you guys share the Pacific, I'm sorry, right? No, Atlantic. Atlantic. Okay, yeah, I thought so, but it's always so cold there. Okay, the Pacific <laughs> is a lot colder. So coming from that that water and coming here, it's it's nice. It's nice and warm. It's it's much warmer. But uh, yeah, um, got into diving in 2001, and um, been on and off sometimes, but really made a career out of it for a while. Um, enjoyed that, and um, ended up here through all my travels and really enjoy that I ended up here. I, I can still say that that uh, throughout my career of diving and going through all kinds of places, um, Southern California, Catalina Island, and um, the graveyard of the Atlantic out here in the Outer Banks is still the top two in, in my list, in my book. So yeah. So you there. mentioned well, you were a commercial diver as well, were you? Yes, I was a commercial diver for about seven years. Yeah. So was that on like rigs or just no, actually, I was more of a jack of all trades on the um, inland side of things. Mm. So I would do a lot of reservoirs, um, dams, um, a lot of water intakes uh, for the municipalities and the, and the counties and stuff like that. So had a lot of um, cold lake, low visibility diving, pretty <laughs> much. Um, I wish I could be the, the uh, golf diver, you know, in its heyday with the... Uh, coveralls and board shorts man those guys have it made but it's just not what what it was so yeah yeah, so yeah. Were you in, into diving what's that but were your parents into diving or? actually that's a good question my um we uh moved from southern california to las vegas in 2001 and uh one of the things was my we were all interested in getting dive certified so i got certified with my younger brother and my mom and my dad actually. And then um, uh, just, we started going on, cause we were getting, we were going on some cruises here and there and <clears throat> the diving was just, you know, an option and it, it's, it, it's great having going on cruises is fantastic. And so being able to add the diving part was just a, a huge plus, especially when I was younger like that. So um, I, uh, Mexico was my first real like open water, you know, out of the States dive and stuff. And it was, um, it was great. And I loved it. And, um, it just kind of caught and I, uh, joined the military and, and did the diving in the military and, um, got out thinking I was going to make a million dollars and had to get, you know, uh, recertified and everything. And, um, more or less just had a, had a lot of, uh, of good experiences and just a lot yeah. of, uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of traveling through, uh, and seeing the country, a lot of yeah. places that I haven't seen in the country. So, so what forces were you in? Um, I was in the army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People will think that it's only Navy, but it's actually, um, army has diving as well. And naval, naval diving has, they have three types of divers where, uh, an army, they have one, they have, a um, the uh, engineer diver so yeah okay so um, you do you're diving for the army as well yeah i dabbled in it yep and then yeah. i left and, and went and uh yeah thought i was gonna do a lot better outside of it but oh no i'm glad i did i mean good experience, good experience. Yeah. yeah very good experience very yeah. good experience 
and really helped throughout uh, the rest of, of things. This uh, being a dive master and instructor and stuff for the past few years has been uh, something that's just been kind of a plus. And, and I look back and realize, you know, I'm glad I had the experience that I have and can share yeah. the stories and, and the, the little Indian tricks and stuff of, of this and that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been an instructor for? Um, I've been an instructor for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Now I use my dive master. I'll say a lot more than an instructor. I've, I've only taught once I've only had one class. So I haven't, um, it's fun, but I also have another job too. So, um, it, it was more or less, um, just kind of something that, that I wanted to get And dive master was really the thing that I wanted. And then the instructor was like, a, a, I don't know, I have the dives and, and the experience. I might as well. And I swear I've taught a hundred people to dive in, in a restaurant or a bar or something, you know what I mean? When you get on discussion and they ask all the questions, I mean, yeah, you can get a general layout of, of a dive certification, you know, in yeah. open water pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the dive master role is a nice role, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, I quite like it. it. And, and I think um, it suits quite a few people and, the instructor side suits uh, certain people as well. And um, I've thought about it a few times and I thought, well, the, you kind of got to think, right, you know, uh, you've you got big responsibilities as an instructor, haven't you? And yes. I prefer the assistant and helping. When you're busy enough as it is in the week, that's a lot to then go, right, I've got to take, put that hat off, take that off. And then put my instructor hat on, and I've got to now think right. You know, you've got to do all that. Where, you know, sometimes it's just nice to turn up and help and assist and do that. So it is a nice role being a dive master. Yeah, it's um, it's it's nice in the in the sense that I can guide. I can go with somebody on their vacation, and I can take four people, and we can just go yeah. have a blast. And it'll be, you know, um, the insurance isn't the same, and it's not like uh. You know, when you are when you are um, teaching, it, it is um, a, a teacher position. You know, it's not it's not so much a dive position anymore. You move from diver to instructor and you have the responsibility and you have people looking at you. And, you know, what you say is stone. Mm-hmm. So what you say is going to go on. And that's not really much of a problem for me. It's just finding the time, like you said. And it's another it's uh, like you said, it's it's. The dive master suits a certain crowd, and and um, if you can, if you want to go that route and do your do your instructor and stuff, you know, by all means. But it's it's definitely another um, uh, bigger responsibility than just being a dive master. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody that hasn't tried diving or is thinking about it, what have you have you got any advice? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's great. I would I would say. Uh, find a trade or something that you like to do and use this as, as something that you can do. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just good all around, especially if you're by the coast or if you real have a real love for diving, I would suggest go to your local dive shop because that's the best place to um, really, uh, you know, find out and get your foot in the door and, and really get some good um, advice, you know, hopefully on, you know, gear, equipment, all stuff like that, because that's not stuff that you can just acquire online that you can yeah. get, you know, try it on and, and be out the door. So, yeah. Um, but I would go check out your local dive shop and look online and um, see what you uh, what you want to do. Try and try and do the open water thing first and get your certification and just see how you like the water. Yeah. yeah. 
you have the discovery dive class too, you can just get in the pool and get the gear on and see if it's something that you're comfortable with. And normally if you can swim and you're comfortable in the ocean, it's a great, great thing to do. So yeah, yeah it's another world. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It is another world. It's like flying, you know, that's how I relate it to people. Yeah. 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 yeah so obviously you uh, are passionate about wreck diving. So how did that come about? That came about honestly from um, my surroundings, having the background, like I said, um, in diving and then switching over to a new career path a little bit in um, operating cranes. So I, I moved here and um, the diving was only a part of why, but it's just turned into a, a huge plus. And I'm really glad I did because I didn't know this was out here. Um, the graveyard of the Atlantic has over 5,000 wrecks that are, that are just from when record keeping began. So Blackbeard ship is, is only miles from my house. Um, literally the wreck itself is only like within 10 miles of my house offshore. So um, that's pretty neat. And it's just, there's U352, which is a submarine that everybody really likes to dive when they come out here. It's like a um, bucket list thing for a lot of people. Um, but yeah. as an American and diving a lot, I didn't, I, I didn't know much about the area. And when I got here, I was just so happy that I had found it, you know, and it's just every dive is a wreck dive. So yeah. you can dive a submarine, you can dive a, a three, 500 foot wreck. You can dive a, a ship that was blown to smithereens because it, it uh, ran shore or ran, you know, into a shoal or a, a sandbar and they are sunk and it was just too uh, shallow and they blew it to smithereens. So there's just all kinds of wrecks and there's, there's great intact ones that um, are great to penetrate. And um, if anybody is interested in wreck diving, this should definitely be at the top of your list, especially yeah. in America or, or anywhere, really. It's got dives at all depths and, 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 uh, and you know, all types. So. Because old uh, Blackbeard, he was a uh, Brit, wasn't he? I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, he was a Brit. Uh, um, yeah, I think so. Um, his name was Edward Teach. That yes, yep. In, in hundreds or something, and you are correct. Uh, he ended up over there, and uh, yeah, Blackbeard, and he had he had about four ships in the end, didn't he? I think. Okay. Okay, so I'm not huge on, on the history. I'm going to get better at that, but yes. I had so much history that it's just, um, I try and uh, remember the, <laughs> the main vague, you know, of most of the wrecks because everybody has good questions. And so, yeah, when you go out and uh, dive a wreck, everybody wants to know what, what it was and the history of it. Cause they all do have history and most mm -hmm. of them had people on them and yeah. you know, there are lost souls out there and stuff. So I was looking at that U352 and yes. uh, so that went down in April, 42 and that was uh depth charged world war ii uh, and 33 survivors on, on that one what's it like to dive how deep is that they have a movie on it it's great um it's about 90 feet uh 90 to 95 feet it's uh the relief which is um we use it just the top of the wreck um mm -hmm. to get more bottom time diving computers see that's another thing that i wasn't into until now but um that's uh about 70 feet so it, it's uh Around 90 feet, I'd say, is, is the uh, max depth you'll yeah. get. In, uh, the, the UK, uh, about 30 meters, thereabouts, getting on for. Yep, yes, yes, 30 meters. Yep, that's roughly 
Mm. So how often do you get out to dive in this area? Um, it, it kind of goes in, in uh, cycles for me, but um, I'll get out as much as I can uh, a few times a week. And um, sometimes it's just a few times a month. But um, when I get going, it's normally uh, like three days in between or three days chunks or as many days as I can pile together and stay yeah. on the boat and just, uh, you know, hang out at the dock and be ready to go for the next day is, is what I'm about. And it's, it's fun just to uh, go from uh, diving as something that was paying the bills and something that I had to get up in the early in the morning and, you know, sometimes be under ice and just do this and that to having something else and doing this as like, you know, um, something to make other people happy and, and share the sport and, and, um, I've been blessed in that way. So yeah, Instigator has been great to me. Instigator fishing and diving. Um, that's the outfit I'm with. Oh, and they, uh, yes, that's the outfit I dive with. And um, they are great people. And just got a new boat. Just got a new nice motor yacht. So it'll be good for the uh, winter time because it's nice and enclosed. And you know, <laughs> what we have now is two, but they have three ships. And now this will be the fourth. And uh, it'll be nice. But it's compared to your weather, it's, it's, um, I mean, I dive all year round around here. So the preseason here, you know, I was by diving in September. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, December. Um, and I'll be, uh, full bore probably from July till November. Yeah. So, so what do you dive in? Are you dry suit or semi dry? I dove a lot in dry suit back in the, when I was, uh, commercially, but now I'm just, uh, now I can do board shorts and a rash guard and I do it. Um, I, uh, yeah, it could be 65 and I'm in um, a three mil tops, but normally I wear like a vest and a hood. And um, when it's uh, like this right now, like I'm going this weekend, um, you know, it'll just be a rash garden and, and uh, my board shorts. And I love it that way. I just dive with the um, back plate and uh, yeah, just got it uh, started into the back plate um, part of it, you know, and I love it. When you say it's back plate, so you simple with a wing. Yes, a back plate with a wing. Yes. Yeah. So back in plate. Yeah. It's uh it's people look to it like a tech thing, but it's it's um I mean, I guess wreck diving could be considered tech diving, but I'm not doing, you know, I did chamber runs and I and I did dives where I was in the chamber and, and um did in water decompression sometimes, but I, I uh I stay out of the tech thing. I use it I just mm -hmm. I just dive for fun and, and the enjoyment with other people and seeing them have a good time and it's cool to it's see. It's quite nice diving yeah. with a wing, isn't it? I quite like diving with a wing. I think that you get your trim uh, better when, mm -hmm. yeah, your trim's a little bit easier. And the uh, vest inflate is good for, in my opinion, like new divers, because it's like a big hug. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of comforting. Uh, what do you think, Gemma? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to try it. I'm just in like a standard BCD at the moment and obviously dry suit. So. Does it inflate around you, the vest? No, it doesn't give you, no, it's, it's quite comfy. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's one designed for girls. It's a um, Mares one. So yeah, not really, you don't really realize you're wearing it, to be honest. But so, nice. Perfect. Apart from when you, you know, obviously put it on and you've got the weights in and stuff, but yeah. That's a nice part of the back plate. But um, if you're diving a dry suit, the back plate's good, but you still need weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So what sort of conditions are you sort of diving in? Is the visibility, does it vary a lot or is it fairly consistent? Good question. So there's inshore diving and offshore diving out here. There's um, inshore would be considered like uh, pretty much within like 10 or 12 miles of 
of the shore and it, it uh offshore would be the gulf stream it's, mm -hmm. it's past that and just depending on where you go and what wreck you know what direction you take out um depends on when you'll get out of the, the inland water and go towards the um or you'll really just run right into the gulf stream it's a it's a line you can see it most days of really? a line of, of uh, darker green water into a uh sometimes light blue or or medium to dark blue water mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty nice so it's the visibility offshore can be fantastic um it's been to where i've jumped off the boat and i could see the wreck that was 125 feet away you know and it just you just keep going down the down line and it feels like it's right there and you can touch it and you just keep going down and down and i love that it's a cool feeling and um yeah the inland diving is uh great too the um still all wrecks um the wrecks aren't quite as big but um the visibility is a little bit hit or miss just depends mm -hmm. on like the rain stuff like that we have some inlets that are rivers that yeah dump out right there so you'll see that change but um it's good all around like this weekend we'll do two uh two inshore um trips and uh an offshore trip i think two offshore trips but normally <laughs> Offshore trips is what I do. Yeah. So when you go out for a day, would you normally do like what? Two dives, three dives? Now we'll do three tanks. So we'll do three tank dives. So um, we're one of the only ones out here that do that. Um, if you're nitrox certified and we're your nitrox. Um, now I have to do, I have to say that there are some places that are more um, hospitable to not hospitable, but just better for um, like overall beginner of the area kind of thing mm -hmm. and then yeah. we have been more like that now especially with all the new people coming in because it really only started in about 2019 is when instigator got up and going so before they were just doing real um more or less locals and so it's um it is intermediate diving i will say it's um some days can be totally beginner friendly and you know it happens a lot but mm -hmm we will go out in days where it's still pretty choppy and other people won't go out because we do have a crowd that follows that really um, it's more gung ho and not so much, they're not on vacation. You know what I mean? Not to say that there's anything wrong with being on vacation and diving because we love it. Yeah. And that's how you get people in and, and that's fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And what about uh, wildlife? Do you have, do you oh. see much activity? Yes, we got, um, yes we have some accolades and magazines and stuff, but, um, the, the, uh, sand tiger sharks is a big attraction here. Mm -hmm. That's something that, um, people come long ways to see. Cause you don't need a cage. You don't have to worry. We don't feed the sharks. We don't, um, mess with them. We just enjoy their company and love them. I mean, we love them a good, a good, um, apex predator population, you know, says a lot for the whole ecosystem of, of the area and we have enough wrecks around here that they kind of migrate from one to the next or they're on all of them i mean it's uh it's great to have the sharks there because it's a big animal um it's it's uh very docile they don't they, they won't bother you um i mean the barracudas are bigger than, <laughs> i mean we have barracudas that are like six feet but um the uh there's but we never have any problems you know it, the stuff that is um incident related it's all um, bruises and cuts or stuff like that it's nothing you know and that's across the board that's not just us but there's nobody getting bit by um barracuda or you know no one's losing a foot by a shark i mean it just it doesn't happen 
We also get, um, you know, just great pelagic fish. I mean, we have a huge pelagic population, you know, the African pompano and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where um, in the Gulf Stream offshore. And you have wrecks like the Carib Sea or um, the Papoose is another great one I love that the Papoose, the Hutton, that's a whole other thing. There's so many wrecks here that some of them now are, are there's an argument on what they're called. So they, I just don't <laughs> try and get too involved there. But um, there is just a lot going on in the sharks. What's love, that? Uh, is that? Is that because there's a lot, some confusion over what's yeah. wreck? The history, the history, um, you'll have, you'll have history come out, right? And it'll be known for a while. And then all of a sudden a find, somebody will find another wreck and it'll come up with, history from something else so then all of a sudden you know oh this is the real one that we thought this was so now what do we name this that's kind of the Mm. situation so you can see that (laughs) you can dive a wreck that you think is called this but it might not be i mean that there's so many that's how that's how it comes (laughs) that's how it happens yeah so do you think there are wrecks still out there to be discovered there is there is um i know uh um people go out and take different routes when they go out uh, to dive um mm-hmm. the last outfit i i dove with did um they uh you know most captains will go out even if they're fishing or, or stuff like that some will go just a little bit different ways and just kind of side scanning you know the area every time they go out and um that's how the u352 was found um i believe and um that's how that's how a lot of them are found um a lot of them have just been kind of stumbled on not not too many were were really like sought after and looked for and then found so they're just i mean with the you know, you um, take a straight line anywhere and run into something <laughs> with the sub is there any part of it you can go into okay so the sub is um it's about two-thirds out of the sand there's about a third or a quarter that's in the sand it's at a 45 degree angle there is portholes with glass you can still see it's it's a really good preserved wreck um the, the, t- the sand tigers like it over there. Um, like I said, it's at 90 feet. You can't um, enter the wreck. There's no um, penetration that you can really do other than kind of looking around with a flashlight and maybe sticking your head in. But um, it is it is, uh, it is is cool to see. You can see the, the um, I'm not sure what you call it, but like the conning tower, the uh, the part of the submarine that sticks up above the rest. Yeah. And it's, and um, you could see that. I mean, it's, it's really cool how it's just, at a 45 sitting there in the in the sand and it hasn't moved with all the storms and stuff mm. wrecks move they roll they will move yeah. and um it 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 more or less hasn't stayed intact it's just a big strong cylinder sitting there in the sand and you can yeah it's, it's neat a lot of people come here to see that but then you have the wrecks that are like the spar which um people don't talk about that much but that's one of my favorites it's a massive ship that's almost 400 feet long or if not bigger and um it has three massive holes where the cranes were and it was a buoy tender ship for the coast guard i think and um you can penetrate three levels on all these three different holes and it's just it's three full levels of you know three stories of of just going down into a hole and and seeing all the life and and eels in the toilet and i mean it's just so (laughs) cool is that the one that was sunk um on purpose it was a it's a lot an artificial reef Yes, uh, the spar. Yes, a lot of them were. There are a lot of. That's another good point. Um, there are um, artificial reefs too. A lot of them have been made artificial reefs. They're all considered artificial reefs, and, mm. and a wreck is considered kind of something that was sunk or, or on accident or something. But um, 
yeah, there's a lot of artificial reefs. The uh, Fort Fisher is a tugboat that just um, was sunk about two years ago. And then that hurricane came. So I think it's, I think it's sitting upside down and it's just a hole. <laughs> and they put time and effort into it. But It's amazing how the currents do uh, pick up and move these big wrecks like that. Yeah. That's why they have so many wrecks is because um, you have the sandbars that are, um, you know, the shoals, the shoals that get moved when you have the Labrador current coming from the north and then you have the Gulf Stream coming up from the south. So you have these two massive bodies of water converging and it just um, it's just the opposing wave forces and and it's just resulted in, in the shoals moving and sandbars everywhere. And even on the intercoastal waterway, which I don't know if you guys know that, but it's pretty much a waterway that goes. Yeah, yeah, it goes all the way up the East yeah. Coast. And, and um, yeah, in our area, though, it just um, is real treacherous. And and it's kind of cool, though. It's like a highway that just goes up our, our East yeah. Coast. I've only just found out about it because I watch a sailing, uh, Delos, and they, or one of yeah. the Calico Seas, they went all the way down it, yeah, to get down to the south, which is amazing. Yes, so you just it have is amazing. With bridges and that's it. Yeah. And they have islands that, yeah, kind of break it up and then, yeah, but it's like, it's literally two currents just kind of going along and where we're at, it's a, it's a tooth that kind of hooks out, which is the only spot really on the East coast. And so uh, it gets kind of treacherous over there, but um, normal diving day and everything else. I mean, everything's fine. I mean, you got to watch out for the little boats that get stuck on the, on the intercoastal waterway <laughs> with the sandbars moving and stuff. Yeah. You get you get people that are stuck overnight on a little flat bottom eighteen foot boat, you know. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So doing obviously wrecks. Have you ever considered trying cave diving? Uh, you know what? I haven't. I well, I can't say I haven't. I am interested in in um, uh, Florida's got some cool like cenote kind of um, caves, more or less. You know where you just part the moss and it's just this glistening you know clear existence it's just like oh my gosh so definitely want to do that that's something I haven't done and um cave diving not not really I really enjoy the um adventure of being in the open I mean we are in the open ocean we are out in the Gulf Stream it takes us two to three hours to get to where we go offshore so you're um you're out there in the elements and and it's um it's deep it's 120 you know 90 to about 135 in some areas and um you know there's there's just a lot of wrecks i can name rattle off a lot but um you're in the elements and you're you're around big fish sharks that are you're around big sharks i mean the turtles the um i mean I, we've seen uh the man of war the portuguese man of war where they have the big um bubble and they float on the surface i mean i've never seen that on top of it all, you can grab, I can, I can grab the, I can grab every dive. I can get a shark tooth off the bottom. No problem. Wow. I can grab handfuls of these and there, nobody comes, the, the volume of people is great because these sharks shed their teeth daily. There's 200 sharks around a wreck sometimes. So they're just dumping these out every night, you know, when they <laughs> eat and, you know, you can come over here and find, here's a great white tooth that looks like a, um, looks like a uh, megalodon but it's yeah. not yeah um i got a megalodon tooth here and this is a very small one but there's a meg tooth there we find these we've had spots where i mean cindy cindy has a driveway full of them i mean they're just everywhere and when you clean them up 
you know, that, I mean, it just, they look fantastic. So I was just, I love it. I do love it. I don't try and, um, you know, take more than, than what's needed or anything like that. But when you're the only outfit that's going out during the winter time, because mm -hmm. the water's in the fifties and people around here are used to the seventies and eighties. I mean, why not? It's just covered. Yeah. You can take one line down a wreck and pick up a hundred shark teeth if you wanted. I mean, you can look at videos. Even winter time, the visibility is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's great, and um, um, yeah, it's 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 hit or miss on visibility, but normally it's pretty good, especially offshore in the Gulf. It's 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 good. But you might have to wear a dry suit. You think winter time? If you want to, but I don't. I I went from I went from a, a long diving career in dry suits. I went through three dry suits. I still have my Marys, actually, my Marys, and um, by Moby's. It was one that I got years ago, but. I uh, went to semi-dry. I drive, I dive a Hollis uh, semi-dry, the Neotech, and um, I love it. Um, I don't dive long hours in really cold water anymore. It's just short stints and, you know, an hour for me is like a, you know, yeah. a short, short stint pretty much. And um, especially at, at the depths we go to. So it's, um, you know, I get 30 minutes tops, you know, in water total, you know, 35, 40 yeah. minutes. So yeah, that's enough, awesome. isn't it? Yeah, the, um, I'm really glad, though, I got into dive computers and, and um, you know, I have two now, but I'm really glad that I uh, broke that stigma of you don't need a dive computer because I'm a salty, you know, this or that. And I go by charts and that's great. You can and it's totally safe and you're you're you'll, you're safer possibly doing it that way, more conservative. But you can get an extra seven minutes out of a dive by just adjusting your buoyancy and, and trimming out 20 feet above where you were and still see everything. Yeah, it's sure. not more. Um, yeah. yeah. So, what sort of dive computer do you use? <laughs> I use a. I, I just got a, a Shearwater uh, Peregrine. Yeah. Now, like I said, I'm not a um, tech diver, so I don't need to do uh, crazy mixes or anything like that. I just do nitrox, and um, I just need a computer that's going to let me know, hey, if I go past my uh, my dive there time or my um, no deep time, it'll put me on a chart or put me on a table and um, just do my in-water D. Mm. So yeah. that's all I wanted. I was diving the Scuba Pro before, the uh, just basic one. And um, I like that too. And it's just, uh, it, it you see how it's not just uh, an accessory, it's a plus. It, and it's, uh, you know, can make things safer and, and give you more time. Gives yeah. you more time in the water. Well, the main thing is being safe as well, isn't it? So. Yes, yes, yeah. yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, so when yes, especially when I, I'm diving and just setting an anchor and I'm by myself. Most of my dives are solo. So, oh, that. yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, all even throughout my diving career in the hard hat industry, it was solo diving. Now, I had a yeah. comms and video and stuff and a, and a dive supervisor on the surface, but now with setting anchor and even when I was doing it for fun on the days I didn't, I wasn't guiding, I, I usually do solo diving. Hmm. I suppose if you've been used to it, is that something that you just kind of comes naturally? It's not a come naturally thing. It's an experience thing. It's a mm -hmm. comfortability thing. It's something that anybody can dive by themselves naturally, but that's, you know, wants to dive, but it's not, it's not something that you should be, that anybody should be doing and no industry is going to, or no, you know, Patty SEI, nobody's going to say, you know, come join us so you can, you know, be a solo diver. That's just not how it is. And if you have 
you know, it's your life in your hands, even mm -hmm. with a, um, a buddy, you know, a buddy can be more dangerous than nobody. Sometimes, yeah. you know, a buddy can, can take you down with him as e easier than if you were, you know, it's just, it's diving. But when you um, take it all into consideration at the end of the day, you're in, you're in, in charge of yourself and you have to make sure that you're going to be self-sufficient on um, all fronts. And if you absolutely need a, need a buddy, you also need to know how to approach that and do that and when to do that. It's not just a matter of, I'm out of air now, I need to, you know, grab his. So, because it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so if you're if you're comfortable and, and, and um, know the risks and, you know, know your escape plan, you know, when everything goes to heck, if it does, and know what to look for if things do go that way. So it's just a matter of, of, of experience. I, I mean, but when you, when you go to get dive certified, you're not thinking of, oh, I can't go wait to go dive with Joe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it is something that you got to think about and just think that ultimately you're solo diving every dive. Yeah. yeah. There's a buddy there that you want to stick close to, but. Yeah. You've got to be responsible for your own kind of gear and knowing you've got everything can. Yeah. And we've said on other episodes, you know, having a checklist with all your gear, what you're going to take. Well, and knowing how you're going to get out, mm. knowing that if you have no air and everything's gone, you know, you know that you can do a CISA or that you have something, you know, people knock the little spare airs, but, you know, as long as you're not using it to dive like these people, I mean, you have, what's scary is you have these little air pumps now, these bicycle pumps that are being sold to fill these little canisters of air, telling people they can dive, but there's so much more to it like you know and yeah. so they're gonna just dive down thinking they're gonna hang out for a couple minutes and come up and it doesn't work like that yeah. but in the sense of of like me if, if i have an extra couple of minutes where i just need another breath or two that would be fantastic yeah. but i don't i don't yeah i don't dive with um a backup which is another that's that is my backup if i want so yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm fully ready to with no air in my lungs if I had to go to the surface. Mm. Yeah. 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 So do you think you'll um, do any more qualifications or have you got any sort of other aspirations to go through in the diving? Yes. I, um, yeah, I, uh, I really want to build on my um, instructor certification. I think I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm always learning. Um, that's, that's one thing that will keep you going in the dive world if you don't keep learning and keep doing something and uh, do different things and step outside the box and, and uh, you know, get, get nervous, you know, and, and do the dive. And then afterwards you feel amazing, you know, and uh, if you don't keep that going, it, it, it's easy to get out of it. You know, it's easy to be like a fad. And um, I'm glad that I've ran into things that have like this, that have, you know, built it back up for me. Cause this is an area that I never knew of. And I, I'm not a big spear fisherman, but, I've been using a, a good pole spear and, and got some African pompano and stuff like that off of it. And people were pretty amazed. So I was happy with it, but <laughs> I don't use a spear gun. Um, a lot of uh, uh, spear fishermen look down on um, scuba and spear fishing. I don't, but I, uh, I don't really have any opinion on that. I just think I, I somewhat even the odds by using a pole spear and not a gun. And I'm not yeah. about to uh, jump into the whole um, spear fishing with a gun right now. I'd rather just, have fun with people and and um you know right now i'm just i'm pretty much setting anchor and i'm mate be fair it's a sustainable way of fishing isn't it um because yeah. you're only taking what you want and 
that's that you're not taking loads is 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 one yeah i don't i don't want to just shoot something to shoot it no no and that's uh that's honestly why i think i haven't done it until now because i just didn't i didn't i didn't want to shoot anything underwater right yeah just didn't feel the urge i guess i don't know and you're doing that while you're on scuba it's not free diving spearfishing yeah it's on scuba it's on scuba but my honestly my favorite is uh probably the lobster getting the spiny lobster if you uh i mean i've you can get 10 pounds spiny lobster here. So wow. that's, uh, I haven't yet, but I've, I've come pretty close and I've seen plenty of people that it's have. It's 10 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it's a good size. The lobster out here on the ledge and they have a wreck that has them too. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's not your, uh, everybody's amazed it's just a it's a it's a nice little untapped area around here i just really like it and i like that it's uh still kind of small and um wilmington is two hours south of us it has frying pan tower do you know frying pan tower have you heard of it on youtube or seen any of that stuff no okay it's a coast guard tower that is just a a, a deck right it's a um, platform that's out about an hour and a half hour away from um, the coast of, of Wilmington. Is that and the, out in the ocean, is it? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, it, and it stands about 30 feet, 40 feet out of the water. And it's uh, it was an Airbnb. So people would Airbnb and just have like parties on it or, um, you know, stay the night, stuff like that. And then it was bought by a gentleman who has um, uh. people that have come to help rebuild it they're they're building they live on it they um have a generator on it they uh they're building it back up they're trying to make it into like a you know something that's an official airbnb instead of you know just something that hey we can do this but it's yeah. actually comfortable and it's something that he's living on and people are living on it's pretty cool and it's it's great great spearfishing around there we'll um put a link to that on the um with the details with the show notes we have similar things in the uk and um, around like around Essex, around our eastern coast, there's very similar um, platforms which will date back to World War Two and World War One, which w- were original gun platforms. Um, and then around Portsmouth, around our south coast, we've got um, our ne- Nelson uh, towers, which are built out in the sea, and they were like gun matahoos, great big gun platforms, which were uh, basically built to um, drive off our enemies and that going back to like times of Nelson and uh, they're okay. still there they Airbnbs as well in fact one of them uh, very famously was trying to become recognized as his own country with passports and things that's like that that's what they that's something that um, yeah okay I heard of that too they did something similar um I, I don't, don't even know the details, but yes, I've heard of something like that. And that's cool. You guys have a lot. We don't have so many like that. No. Yeah. Well, there's so much history off our South Coast, um, you know, going back from so many wars. Yeah. And World War II, I think, is where Frying Pan Tower came out of, is, uh, is, is what it was. It was just a, it was a temporary, um, just light guard tower. I mean, it, it's, it's just on lattice legs. Yeah. And, you know, you know what I mean? Still, I yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I haven't been there yet, and I I uh, 
really want to go. And, and um, they just did a trip last year too. And I uh, missed out. I was working, but um, I, I'm going this summer. I, I got to go there. Yeah. Especially with all the YouTube videos and the crazy stuff. If you go on YouTube, <laughs> they have all kinds of cool videos about that place. Yeah, it looks good. So do you get a lot of people from across the USA coming to your area to dive? Is it sort of a well-known dive site? <laughs> See, that's what I, I wish it was more. But yes, the um, people who are kind of really in the in the know know about us or else it's all um, East Coast. So there's a major part of like, uh, I think the South and especially the uh, West Coast, especially because the West Coast has a lot of diving anyways, um, that don't know about the, us really, I think. Um, they've either heard or just um, never really uh, I don't know. They just didn't know, know enough or, or I'm not sure why, but I didn't either. I didn't either until I came here and then uh, realized how, how amazing it is. I mean, you can, like I said, you can grab a shark's tooth on your, on any dive. I mean, I was guaranteeing people shark's teeth when I was, you know, guiding and stuff. I guarantee a shark's teeth. So if you don't find one, I'll find one for you. So, I mean, <laughs> and I'll, you know, getting sent home with that is pretty, pretty cool. Cause that's, yeah. I've never been anywhere that has done that. And, um, and every every dive is a wreck dive, whether you, you you can go in it or not, you know. So people see that as a tech specialty, and I I can see that, you know. I, I agree, but you don't always have to go inside the wreck. You can yeah. also enjoy the splendor of everything that's just hanging out inside the wreck because it's like mm -hmm. a big aquarium under the water, which is pretty pretty cool to see, especially with the sharks and stuff. And yeah. when people go in and every kind of scare stuff away, but outside of the wreck but yeah surprisingly the the wildlife doesn't get too scared of anything and, and uh sticks around so it's not like the first person in the water sees everything and everything else disperses it all all yeah. just really hangs out and cycle there's just big schools of fish and healthy healthy ecosystem so we want to keep Good it that way yeah. Uh, yeah so for our newbie divers and uh people who are disqualified and um and they're thinking about coming to your area to holiday this year and particularly want the dive where would yeah. you recommend and what wreck would you recommend them to maybe start on um as a place to sort of enjoy and sort of easy or i say i can't think of a bit of a word but you know, no, a, I know you. a young diver an open water dive can go and enjoy um instigator fishing and diving they have um uh, a lodge out here too, which makes it inexpensive. So there's a place to stay. Um, you don't have to uh, necessarily get a hotel room and, and spend a whole, whole lot there and just focus on, you know, two days of real diving and being able to have that extra um, tank, you know, you get that extra dive out of the day too, which is really nice because a lot of places do two dives and you can get three in sometimes. So on air, it's it, on air, I guess though, it's, it's a little bit different. It's a longer day, but yeah, you can get three, three dives in. And so they get that extra dive and you have the JJF tugs, which are um, tugboats that are next to each other, pretty decent sized tugboats. Now you, you don't want to swim from one to the other because they're far enough away that you, you'll get lost, but that's a great, great um, place to start and uh, get familiar with like just seeing a wreck or a boat underwater because they're pretty much straight up and down from what I remember last. And um, the Atlas is another one that's, or that's uh, good. That's inshore. Now this is, this is around 60 feet. So it's going to be a, it, and it's also 
technically kind of a different body of water. So it's, it's a little bit cooler and um, the visibility is kind of hit or miss. But um, it, a lot of days it can be good. And um, I, I would say that a beginner diver is not, um, can definitely go offshore on a good day. I mean, it can be fantastic out and you can definitely get a beginner diver out to, you know, 90 feet to 120 feet, but that's not saying that they should, or, or they're in that, that state of mind, or they have that many dives, but mm -hmm. in, in relative terms, that's just something you can, you can see it as, is that if you yeah. are, um, if you have your nitrox certification and, you know, you're, you're comfortable with the deeper dives, but you haven't been in a while or it's, um, or it's new to you, you know, and you're just going on your, on your, um, trek to, to get to the certification you want. It's uh, it's a good place to go. And, um, the, the weather is, is fair. It's, it's normally, normally great. I mean, you get storms, but there's a season for that and yeah, it's been fairly nice. Yeah. So yeah. do you have actual dive schools there that teach diving? Have you got a number of places where people could maybe learn to dive offshore there? Yes. Yes. Um, Instigator, we teach. Yeah. So if you, if you want a certification, um, and are interested in, in, um, in any way, yeah. yeah. Contact uh, Instigator Fishing and Diving Charters. Yeah, Cindy Norris. Yeah, sure. We'll put the link. Yeah. And we, okay, yeah. Um, there's, yeah, we can certify anybody. And there's uh, um, a reservoir not too far away that's cold, colder water. Um, but it's it's usually, it's, it's a more controlled environment if someone, um, other than the pool, outside of the pool. Yeah. So um, if you, you know, it's um, something that just to build your confidence of diving is all about getting comfortable with your gear, getting comfortable with your surroundings, you know, realizing that only this matters, your bubble here, you know, everything else can be everything else. And you've talked about that and hopefully gone over that and your dive um, plan and everything. So, you know, it's about thinking about your bubble and staying inside that comfort zone and enjoying the splendor around you. So Sometimes that helps a lot with uh, knowing someone's in a reservoir and they don't have to deal with the big fish or something, you know, I mean, diving the open ocean. Yeah. <laughs> it can be intimidating, you know, and especially diving off a boat, it's not a shore dive. So you're going to be diving off a boat. Um, so, you know, and the seas, the seas do, uh, you know, it is the open ocean. So yeah. a, a, a calm day can still be, you know, two foot, two to two foot swells, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the light yeah just bumping along but you know you have your uh smb and your safety stuff and it's yeah. a good day but you want to be on your a game and you want to make sure that someone's prepared so that um they're not coming in after like three years of no diving and you're just tossing them out there on a medium you know wake day so yeah yeah you, you did touch on something i just uh picked up on um so you dive with an smb and everyone else has to have an smb on the boats uh, yes, it's definitely recommended. Um, you are, like I said, in the open ocean. So you want an SMB that's going to be at least six feet. You know, um, you don't want a little three footer. It's kind of hard to see. Um, we also do, though, we'd love, I love to do it, um, is uh, live boating. So we just um, jump off the boat. We don't set anchor. You know, normally I'll set anchor. Or someone will set anchor, whoever's uh, working and um, retrieve anchor, right? We'll set it to the wreck so that we call it a Carolina line system and we drop line over the boat with um, weights. So there's a line that goes across the length of the boat and it's at 15 feet. And so that's where we do our safety stop and you hang out there. Okay. But you also, when you jump over, you can follow that line and it'll go to 
the anchor line that's attached to the wreck. So yeah. you can't get lost. You just follow that line and you're good to go. And then sometimes you can run a wreck reel that goes along the length of it there. But um, yeah, sorry, I kind of diverged there. But what was your what were you saying one more time though? We're just talking about the um, surface markers. Uh, you, yes, you said yes. you died with a surface marker because you can uh, end up you can end up a little bit ways away. Um, you know, I've had to swim and get people before um, that couldn't didn't realize that there is you know it is intermediate diving. It's not always beginner diving, so you can't just expect to like get up off the couch and, and pick up your gear and just hop in. There's, yeah. there's going to be some swimming involved sometimes if you do, don't, you know, if you, if you verge away from the line and, and get kind of adventurous there, you might have to swim a little bit and, or make yeah. me swim. <laughs> no, but it's great advice though. And um, especially for new divers, well, for everyone, because, you know, yes. I've been on a dive boat with experienced divers and they didn't have an SMB and, or they would, you know, they aboard the boat would, without their regs in the mouth and things like that. And, you know, you can soon get caught out, can't you? Overconfidence can soon, you know, go the wrong way. Yes, so, uh, yes that's yeah. a very good point. Cause I, I, I used to do it a little bit too when I first got out here and realized that, you know, I could be a couple hundred yards away from the ship and there's, there's nothing. I won't see myself. I've tried to look for other people. And the only thing is that safety sausage, that was a good six feet high yeah. that you could see. And, um, yeah, using uh, keeping your regulator in your mouth when you're entering the boat is another good one because you don't want to. Um, that's very, very safety conscious right there. And I use my, um, you know, I'm coming up with the anchor, so or I'm I'm um, detaching the anchor from the wreck and sending it up on a lift bag. So it goes up, they pull it up. Now they're drifting. Okay, so the the surface usually has a little bit of a current, and the bottom can have a current, and they're going different ways sometimes. So I want to make sure that. I'm not bobbing out on the surface by myself alone, yeah. you know, I mean, with no kind of major marker, a whistle could come from anywhere. When you're out on the ocean and someone whistles, it doesn't, you can't really get a sense of where it's coming from because it doesn't have anything to bounce off of. Yeah. Now Nautilus sells great little um, GPS trackers and it's about, you'll spend probably like uh, 50 to maybe $80 at the most. Um, but they're a very good piece of gear that you want. It's just a little pocket. It's a little GPS with a pull plug that you yeah. can keep on you that, um, you know, like places like us where you would want it if you, if anything happened and we know how to, you know, get people that could be lost and that doesn't mm -hmm. happen. That really doesn't happen very often, but it's uh, as far as the comfort level and, and enjoying your dive more, you're going to know when you have it. Yeah. Yeah, we've got them in this country and they alert the Coast Guard. Um, yes, they alert there and every boat within 300 miles. Mm. So, or 100 miles, 100 or 300, you can get a different, I think there's a different um, one for each, but it, it not, the Coast Guard's not so important as the boats that are around you because we do have fishing vessels and other, other dive operations that are going, you know, especially now in season. Yeah, that are, that are out and about and, and, you know, people on vacation or people that are, you know, just fishing. You have a lot of sport fishermen out here doing marlin fishing and stuff like that. So Michael Jordan was out here in uh, August. Really? August. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, a nice sport fishing uh, boat that uh, a yacht rather that uh, he enters the uh, big rock tournament, which is the second biggest um, bill fishing tournament in the world. Apparently it's got a half a million dollar prize. But he has a ship called the uh, the Catch Twenty Three. 
<laughs> so because he's number 22 so or number you, 23 but yeah you have some really great prizes for your competitions i was listening to uh uh the scuba radio gang the other day and uh, they were talking about um i think in i think it's in florida uh, they got a critter competition i think coming up this week uh about catching lobsters and the prizes were yes. Yes, a ten thousand dollar prize yes. for the biggest catch, and then the biggest and length. It's the length. So it's the <laughs> overall length from. Uh, they have the time frame. So yes, I you. That's so funny you said that because I was just talking to a buddy about three weeks ago about this. Um, that we have to get into this because we have the biggest lobster. I swear. So if I can just get you know. A third of what maybe the winner gets. I'm sure I can get them in the length department. Yes. The Greg Holt, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they have cool little, um, but it's a big place for uh, tournaments like that. Um, uh, not Florida, but here it has, has similar stuff to where they have little contests and, and prizes and, and um, you know, events to where they have little, uh, yeah, competitions. Sounds a fun place to come. It is. It is. They uh, they uh, sell it as a good place to eat, um, dive, and fish is like the main selling points of the area. But yeah, Swansboro is a beautiful spot. Yeah. And you have Moorhead City and Beaufort area. But yeah, the Southern Outer Banks are a great place. Good people. Gemma's going to be wanting to talk to you after this because Gemma sells in her job fish <laughs> wholesale. Oh, okay. Great. You're, you got aquarium? Okay. Yeah, we, we sell to restaurants, you know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of seafood would just well the chefs here. Yeah. Okay. You, I will hook you up then because, okay, okay. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. Because we get lobster and stuff and, and um, a lot of fish that um, does not go to our house. <laughs> yeah, we sell it too. So not me personally, but it is a Cindy and you need a license to uh, sell it. Yeah. yeah, commercially out here and stuff for money. So I'm sure it's the same there. Yeah, well, it's good. Yep. Yeah, well, it's great to hear. Yeah, it sounds an amazing place. It is. It really is. It's a nice little hidden gem over here. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So, so if you could take three people with you, then huh. driving, who would you take? You know, All right, like I... one from your family or uh, friends or someone from history. Um, I've been with friends. I've been with family. I've been with friends. So I would definitely say that Jacques Cousteau would be one. Yeah. Um, Clive Cussler. I don't know who, if you know who Clive Cussler is. He's a oh, novelist maybe. that is fantastic. He has fantastic books. He was a commercial diver like I was um, in his day. And he uses uh, history, like facts and history events. And he skews them into his own little way and it's just a great adventure story like sahara the movie sahara that's a clive kessler yep. book um there's a few there's a few but he has a ton of them it's crazy so uh that's another person i definitely would want to go diving with and um i would say i would say somebody that is in the uh extreme um or not extreme but just the documentary uh type of filmmaker um that does you know whether it be diving diving and and, and um, you know underwater video or just all around 
you know, um, nature and being out in the elements and something like that. Probably like the, uh, the guy that, gosh, that guy that did the, uh, Netflix on about the, uh, the octopus was his teacher. Yeah. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. That was great. I love that guy tracking. He said, uh, I was listening, uh, he was interested in how Indians tracked animals and he used that to track the octopus and how it was doing and stuff. So I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah, three great people to yeah take on a dive. <laughs> yes, yes, and be able to pick their brains. And, and yeah, yeah, see what they know, you know. The whole experience, yeah. Another yeah, it's question. all about learning. It's all about uh, yeah. You're you're always learning and diving. I don't think there's ever, you know, it's a science too, or it's a um, it's a diving diving physics is really a theory. It's not even down to a science. So they're still always learning. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think diving can take you in so many directions as well it, you know it can just be recreational it can be obviously the commercial side but there's all the marine conservation it, it's just got so many avenues where people can yeah explore by just being a scuba diver yeah exactly and that's that's why people get into it too is, is that sense of uh i think adventure of being out there in the elements underwater in a different world you know so you have to dive with the buddy. Yeah. But that's, you know, like I was saying, it's a self kind of thing where it's, it's just you and the elements. So it's, it's, and it's really cool. It's, it's uh, the quiet and the, just the sound of your bubbles and just the weightlessness is great. Yeah. Yeah. Another question we ask all our guests is if you could put something on a billboard for the whole world to see, it can be a statement or an image. What would you put out there? Invest in friends, not crypto. <laughs> no, um, um, I don't know. I would say uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd have to think about that one. Um, I don't want to give some corny, but uh, always be open to new experiences. Don't trust Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you know i feel yeah. like hollywood is uh yeah kind of um ruined a lot of uh you people's, to people's opportunities yeah that they could have and experiences you know what i mean yeah don't don't um get any uh preconceived notions of how how diving could be and sharks and all that stuff you see on hollywood mm. i think i think you jaws know? has got a lot to answer for uh, you know it's a uh, you know obviously a good film in, in its day and um but it's actually oh. the way how people look at sharks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing was just a big animatronic robot you can go see at Hollywood Studios or whatever. But Bruce, yeah. I think, wasn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bruce was the Nemo one, but you're <laughs> close. Fisher Friends, not food. <laughs> Good film, man. Like, uh, yeah, fun Nemo, yep. Yeah. But no, that's a great kind of thing. Yeah, everybody should just, yeah. Give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't um, remember that the TV is just, is just TV. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. missing out on a lot if you don't, if you don't um, yeah. try it out. Yeah. Yeah. Open so, mind. Where do people need to go to if they want to, one, uh, you know, follow you or find out more? I know you've got a YouTube channel. Um, and also, where do they need to go to if one, they're thinking about learning to dive in your area? Well, um, the first question, I would say go to um, Scuba Bomb, Ian. I'm on YouTube. I just post some raw videos pretty much and um, 
editing is is a major task so i applaud you guys um you have a great little channel going and um yeah i uh, am just right now collecting as much content pretty much as i can with all my dives and then later on going and editing it but i just have raw footage on there but it's scuba bomb ian if you guys just send a like and a subscribe that'd be great and in a month or two you'll see some good stuff on there um if you want to come to the area and enjoy the diving and even learn how to dive before you you know and come out here for a whole whole week or so um mm -hmm. you can do it through two weekends or or even three to four days um and that's instigator fishing and diving charters and um we have multiple instructors and um cindy's great ryan is fantastic um everybody that's an instructor is also uh i think a captain as well um yeah or okay. captain instructor so yeah so um it's a great outfit and we're um just growing like crazy uh it's been on word of mouth really so far and um it's uh everybody just is really happy that it's it's gone this way because she's a good lady and, and good outfit and good people that have been around for a while that know a lot a lot of the locals and she was a, a commercial spear fisherman before mm -hmm. she did this so um the spear fisherman stuff and and anything that you want to know about that i mean cindy is the go-to um instigator really uh if, if you're spear fishing inclined this is the spot to go to. I think we're one of the only ones that do it. There's very few that do it, but they only do it at certain times. We, we are very fishermen or a, a spear fishing friendly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, not something we've um, touched on, on the podcast, spear fishing and scuba. No. Yes. It's big here. It's big. And the lobster too, if you guys are interested in <laughs> snagging a lobster, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's just nice how you can interact and not have to worry so much about um, taking too much or like, uh, you know, you're always being sustainable, yeah. but it's nice just to be able to take a little piece home with you or, or have something more than just hands off all the time. So, yeah. you know, and some yeah. people might crucify me for that, but it's just, that's just the area in, in the times it is right now. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't get out of, you know, whack or anything, but it's nice. The main word is sustainable. That's yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. So, well, we'll put all the links for the listeners to click on. Great, just, great. Just yeah, and shark diving is a, a big here. So, if uh, you if you um, are interested in shark diving, and um, you know, this is the place to go. You don't need a cage. It's not gonna, you know, the sand tigers are great. I can if you go on my channel, you'll see the videos and mm. stuff, and it's really it's really cool. A lot of people are interested in that being, um, like I said, trying to get something else that's new in their dive career um the the shark diving here and the lobster and, and spearfishing stuff and we have lionfish all over that are invasive so fishing the lionfish is something people love too yeah. i'm not huge into it but i definitely every time i see one it's gone <laughs> <laughs> they eat the, the eggs and everything yeah yeah because yeah. um that's, that's quite big isn't it catching the lionfish the another the big thing yes yes we have uh like tubes you put them in, you, you, uh, you spear them and then you put them in a tube and those things are so, I mean, they just don't care at all. They're not afraid of anything. You can shoot, you can do your little Hawaiian sling my hand. Like, yeah, you can hand spear them with little lionfish hand spears and, uh, you can completely miss, but come close and it won't even move. It'll just look at you and be like, you serious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's not hard to get them and it's fun. It's fun. And you're doing you're doing a good um, service for the ocean and the ecosystem and your stomach. <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, it's great. It's great uh, white meat to eat. Mm. Tastes nice. 
Oh yeah, yeah. People love it. It's like a it's like a delicacy out here, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, and hopefully it will yeah inspire some more people to even like look at the area and yes, yeah, sort or of do a bit of research. Um, yep. The Crystal Coast um, and um, the Graveyard of the Atlantic. If, if you look up those two, and Southern Outer Banks is another one. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Should give you a lot of info, info on what's out here. Yeah. No, well, great. Thank you very much. Yeah, yes, thank you, guys. To you. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and I think it'll, you know, it's just another area of the world that we don't know much about that we can bring out to the listeners. So. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And especially once we get flying again and things like that, hopefully people in the UK will want to come over and explore and uh, tour around. And, you know, we get a lot of listeners in the US. Um, so hopefully some of them will want to come down to your area as well and explore. So uh, all being well, that'll be uh, really good for you. I hope so. You do, yes. Thanks very much. I've, yes, I've been interested in Scotland actually too. I'm I'm uh, have family in Scotland, but yeah, okay. I was interested in going to Scotland one day. Well, you need to go there. to Scapa Flow. Have you? Yeah. I saw. I looked that up when I was. I, I ran into that looking in. You got indie guys and stuff, but yeah, so yeah. I saw. That would be a, a big thing that should be yeah topic for your list. Yeah, for rectile. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Want your dry suit up there, though. What's yeah. that? I want your dry suit for that one. Okay, I got my dry suit. Board shorts. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate it, guys. Very awesome. All right. Great. Lovely to Bye. meet you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Good to meet okay. you. Thank you. Bye. All right. See ya. See ya. So, Jen, what do you think to that? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, really interesting. And it's just so good to hear about another place in the US that, yeah, is maybe a bit unknown and, you know, a great place for people. Now you know where North Carolina is. <laughs> <laughs> and the Outer Banks. <laughs> yeah, you know now where South Carolina is and where North Carolina is. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he, where he lives is uh, all, you know, it's that hurricane belt. They get all the weather that comes up along up the side of Florida and inland there. So uh, scary old stuff. Yeah, but amazing, you know, it's warm water diving as well and yeah, yeah upstream. Yeah, so and great to hear about the wildlife as well. Yeah, yeah, going to get some great stuff there, you know, and uh, all sorts of things come up from the, the deep. Yeah, so look them up, instigator fishing and diving. Yeah, yeah, do that. So uh, what I say um, to Ian, you know, thank you very much for coming on. Um, that was really great. And uh, for anyone else who's out there listening, you know, uh, you know, me and Ian literally got talking, great name, literally got talking one day on the Facebook Messenger. And that was that. He, he was on with talking about all the diving that he does. So, you know, if you're listening, uh, we want to hear from you. Contact us, let us know. And, uh, you know, that'd be great to hear your story and why, you know, the bits about diving that you like as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's great. We do have a back phone and that's great. And uh, we have actually got a message for the next time. So that'd be really good. And uh, anyone can uh, leave us a message on there about what they're up to and where to dive. Yeah. So, yeah. So the number is? Plus 4478. One oh double oh five nine two four.
Excellent. Well remembered. Um, okay, so that was 74. We've got episode 75 out next week when we're going to be talking to some locals. Yeah, we're back in the UK. We're back in the UK, yeah. We've got Rob Spray, and I'm going to call her Cat G, <laughs> who we spoke to a couple of weeks ago because I can never pronounce her surname. So, um, But they're coming on to talk, really, about citizen science. Yeah, so UK divers, it's not just about having a bimble around. If you want to, you can do a bit of survey work or have a look and help by joining Sea Search East, which is local to us, about yeah, doing a bit of surveying about what wildlife you see and what's there. Yeah, the, we'll say there's quite a few sea searches mm. up and down around the country. So just because you don't live in the east part of the, the country, you know, you can, if you look in your own area and look on social media and the websites, and the chances are there is a sea search in your area. Yeah, there uh, is. So it's worth looking that up. They all do similar things. And, you know, it, as Jem said, you know, it's about, you know, can, yes, you can go and just have a bimble and a pleasure dive, great. But you can also use that dive for some good as well. And, um, and technology is helping citizen science, um, you know, because different companies, organisations, they're, they're bringing si- different apps out where you can tag different fish that you've seen. Yeah. Where you've seen it, take a photo. You know, one of our great friends of the podcast, Paralens, that, you know, they brought the Fakuya camera out that, uh, we're going to be using as time mm-hmm. go on now and uh, thanks to uh, Paralens and one of the great things about the app is that you can tag where you're seeing certain things and you yes. can tag the dive. GPS tracking it's amazing yeah yeah so uh, there'll be more about that on the next episode but for right now yeah. that's it from us today yeah so look out for episode 75 when we talk about some uk diving yeah so back to the uk talk about diving and things like that yeah so all exciting stuff yeah certainly is so once again thank you very much for listening thank you very much for downloading um the one way you can help us increase numbers is by telling your friends about this podcast and leave us a review and share tell your friends and subscribe to us on youtube yeah, and if you've got any recommendations, you know, talk to us. We're available on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we've got an email address and a website, thebigscuba.com. Yeah, we always want to hear from you. So, uh, okay, brilliant. Thank you very much, and thanks for downloading, and we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone and the number is plus four four seven eight one zero. 005924. 
We will always respond promptly. And thank you once again for downloading this episode.